Welcome, everyone, to Application to Admission. I am Shereem Herndon Brown. I'm here with my man, Timothy Fields, and this is episode number two. And we are really excited to be here because we're going to discuss our co-authored book being published by Johns Hopkins University Press called uh, The Black Family's Guide to College Admissions, a conversation about education, parenting, and race. We're so happy to have accomplished this, but we're also going to make sure that we drop a few gems so you guys can get excited. And obviously, go pre-order it. But uh, we're going to the people. The, the people are asking about it. The, the, the people want to know what 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 is in it. What are they going to say? Yeah, and and think about it. We were interviewing people and doing roundtables about this in 2021. The the idea, the concept came to us in 2020. So to be dropping this gem in 2022, I am fired up, and I think the people need it. The streets are talking. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm having people hit me up on email, like, you know, can I get an advanced copy? Can you just give me a little something, you know, you know, just until the book comes out. So it, it you know, it's, you know, really, really good about the energy uh, behind the book. And, you know, thank to everybody who's helped us get to this process. There's been a lot of families, a lot of, you know, colleagues throughout the industry who's really, you know, helped us. And so this isn't just a work of, you know, us being in a bubble. Uh, we had a lot of input from a lot of different people uh, to make sure we got this right and make sure it's something uh, that will really be a good resource for not only family, students, but also, you know, counselors and those who just want to support Black children in this college admission process. Wonderful, my friend. I couldn't have said it any better. And again, I think it really highlighted our strengths, right? Application to admission, our professional experiences, our personal experiences, both being dads. And like you said, pulling from people who have gone through the process, people who are gonna go through the process. What are their questions? What are their concerns? So now I'm really fired up about it. And I know when it gets released this fall, it's gonna sell like hotcakes because we're gonna market it as such, correct? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we are, we are. And I, I think, you know, we also just wanna just kind of acknowledge that, you know, there might be some people who tuned in and uh, may not know much about us. And so, you know, my name's Timothy Fields, Senior Associate Dean at Emory University. Uh, been in the profession for over 20 years. And what so, is the profession, Tim? Don't, don't act like everybody just knows who you are. What profession? Don't, the, don't be the humble. The profession of college admission, Wonderful. enrollment management. Wonderful. And, and, and what is your profession? What, what do you do? What do I do? As the application side of our application to admission tandem, I am Shereem Herndon Brown, founder and CEO, chief education officer of Strategic Admissions Advice, an educational consulting company which helps families to navigate the college admissions process. So we, meaning people who work for me, and I help students and parents to think about what schools they should have on the college list, what essays they need to write, what strategy they can employ to make themselves a stronger candidate. So I'm the application side. Timothy, having, you know, extensive 20 years experience in the profession uh, on the senior associate dean side at Emory. He knows what he's talking about on, on what he finds attractive about candidates. So I think we make a good pair. You? Hey, I, I think we do make a good pair. I think as we continue to go th through this, uh, we hope that you'll continue to learn more about us and, you know, how we arrived at this place. Uh, but, you know, we're excited to kind of get into um, information about the book. But before we go, uh, we just also want to kind of highlight what's currently happening in the world of college admission. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, there are a lot, spring there, is strong. 
there's articles out. There's a lot of information going around. And, you know, we just also, for those of you who are in this bubble, kind of let you know uh, what are the conversations going on. And, you know, one of the big things that has happened recently is the Supreme Court nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson. And we are very excited about the nomination and all that comes with that. But in the Washington Post, uh, they had an article that talked about, you know, her guidance counselor saying that maybe she shouldn't set her aspirations too high, Shereen. What, 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 what do you think about the idea of that? And is that something that you have seen happen? Again, uh, Justice Brown Jackson is not the first person, black, white, green, or blue, to have a school counselor, guidance counselor, college counselor, whatever you want to call them, uh, try to give them advice that wasn't well heated. And then ultimately they, you know, went on to tremendous success. It's called undermatching. And what that means is when an educator suggests to, suggests to a student that they not apply to certain schools because in their professional opinion, they have no shot of getting in. And thankfully, Justice uh, Brown Jackson did not heed the advice of her of her uh, school counselor, guidance counselor, and she applied to Harvard. She got into Harvard. She met her husband at how at Harvard. So this was another uh, example of poor guidance counseling. Uh, Michelle Obama spoke, you know, very candidly about this and her autobiography becoming. And it's something that I've experienced as an educator. You know, I've worked with students from all different walks of life. I've worked in several different schools. I've worked in admissions. And I work now as an independent consultant, and I, I know a lot of guidance counselors, college counselors give, in my opinion, um, advice that really limits students' choices and aspirations. Now, does that mean that I agree that every student should apply to Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and Stanford? Of course not. But I do think that we have to be a lot more measured. We have to be have data. We have to have anecdotes that support the guidance that we're giving, because if Katanji Jackson Brown had listened to her guidance counselor and not applied to Harvard, she might not be the Supreme Court justice nominee as she is today. So it's a lot of different things that go into college counseling. I'm not here to pit the blame on the guidance counselor, but I'm here to inform you that what has gone, what has happened uh, to Justice Brown Jackson is very, very unfortunately common. And, and you know, and, that's just the reality. So, yeah. So I, I guess I want to know more because you know, kind of where I sit, you know, I received the college application and you see the letter of recommendations from counselors. And so, you know, without, you know, really being involved on that side, it's something that I don't hear about a lot. And so, you know, kind of what are some ways that, you know, parents can maybe, you know, stop this, be involved in the process? So can you, you know, give us a little, uh, you know, Absolutely. advice? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to. <clears throat> First and foremost, parents must be involved with the school guidance counseling office. Do not remove yourself from the process. You know, when Tim and I started to do this, uh, write the book, particularly, we talked about having a conversation with parents. Parents, dive in. Parents, do research. Parents, talk to your kids. So the way to avoid undermatching is to be fully abreast of the protocols and procedures of your guidance office. It may mean getting a third-party opinion, not the, the, the soapbox, not the street, not the cocktail circuit, as Tim calls it. <clears throat> the wine and cheese circuit. The, the wine, wine and cheese, cheese circuit. No, do not get advice from just people who've gone through the process one time. But yes, there are resources in which you can uh, try to figure out what college list is best for your kid. And it needs to be balanced. 
that needs to be reach schools, Ivy League schools, if, that, if your kid is of that caliber, and target schools that have a 50% chance based upon the numbers that the school publishes their admit rate. And then there should be safety schools. So having seven to 12 schools, four reach schools, four target schools, four you know, safety schools sounds about right, but it has to be balanced. And again, all these schools publish their admission statistics. All these schools have common data set information. I know I'm getting very granular and into the weeds, but to avoid undermatching parents, you must get invested. So one thing that I remember about the Michelle Obama becoming book, first lady, former first lady Michelle Obama becoming right. book, you're right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give her her flowers plus, uh, was that, you know, her brother had gone off to Princeton uh, primarily to play basketball. I'm sure he, you know, established himself as a scholar athlete. She then expressed to her guidance counselor that she wanted to follow him to Princeton. And her guidance counselor said, eh, I don't think you're going to get into Princeton. You know, may not be Princeton material. And, you know, that this woman wrote about this thing 40 years later. Michelle Obama, I believe, is 60, if not getting close to it. So she remembers this happening to her as a teenager. So we have to remember that when guidance counselors give us information, we are expecting them to guide us towards positivity and aspirations and not be dream killers. And so I'm so grateful to, to um, Justice Brown and, and first former First Lady Michelle Obama for not allowing this undermatching to stop them from meeting their goals. So in order to really stop this, and I know I'm rambling a little bit, is that I want parents to get involved early in the process. I want you to be invested in your kid, but also understand how your guidance counselor works. If you need outside counsel, in addition to that, there's always resources to get it. But parents do not just, you know, take your hands off the steering wheel when it comes to building a college list for your kids. That's the crux of what I'm saying. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I encourage everybody to, you know, go to the Washington Post and and read the article, you know, it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, with the Google machine, you can obviously find it. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of, you know, insightful things that, you know, kind of talk about her process, but also talk, talk about kind of other aspect of the college admission process and, you know, really kind of believing in students. But I think one of the things that you said, uh, Shereen, is just, you know, have a good sense of your student's ability. I think, you know, we don't want anybody to take away from this conversation that if, you know, a counselor says your child shouldn't apply to this school, they're undermatching. That is not the case. Agreed. I mean, agreed. you know, I think one of the things is to be realistic about where your, you know, student can and cannot get into. And that's where Shereen's talking about going to the common data, data set, looking at information on the website and things of that nature. So um, it's something currently in the news. We just wanted to share a little bit, you know, a little, you know, something for conversation. And, you know, we uh, definitely, you know, will continue to share what's happening in the world of enrollment management, college admission, the profession. So uh, a little bit about the book, um, you know, Shireen. I'm not ready to talk about the book. How about that? It, it is still the spring, April is here. You know, we just finished with March Madness. You know, I've always used March Madness as a great opportunity to educate students about the different variety of colleges between the men's and women's college basketball frenzy at the you know middle to the end of March you get all this exposure to all these different schools it's on ESP it's not it's on TNT TBS true we all know that CBS is running all of it but we get all this exposure so again I don't want to you know just dismiss the importance of sports and and March Madness and what that does for colleges and really 
brings attention to certain schools. In addition to that, with all these decisions that are just being released, we're talking about what's in the news right now, all these college admissions decisions are being released. There are kids who are having to make choices this month. They have to make a decision by the by May 1st, you know, what school they're going to go to and why. They're talking to financial aid offices. They're trying to figure out what school is best for them based upon the acceptances that they have. So we know college admissions uh, stuff is out in the, in the atmosphere right now. We want to make sure that you guys, you know, are reading it. You're learning about it, particularly if you have kids in high school, and that you're using us as a resource. We, Tim and I, want to, you know, kind of... Steer you to understanding the choices, which is our Facebook group or our webpage, understanding the choices, so that we can discuss all things college admissions, all things education, all things higher education for your kids. So again, uh, Tim, I know you want to talk about the book. I see you salivating over there, just getting really excited to talk about the great things that we accomplished with the book. But I'd be damned if I let March Madness pass you by. It's, argu it's arguably one of my favorite times of year. Obviously, you know my our class of 2022 is done now because we're able to move on to 2023 for real. So happy spring, my man, happy spring. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, you know, going to Morehouse uh, Division II school, you know, obviously, you know, we, you know, our team did well. Uh, then, you know, you got Emory Division Three. their basketball team did well. And so, you know, maybe that big sports doesn't hit me the same way it hits Georgia you. Tech, though, you don't believe in Georgia Tech ACC? I, you know, you know, I, you know, I believe in Georgia Tech. I've been in Atlanta a long time, but you know, I'm I'm from I'm from Texas, so you know, gotcha. you know, you know, football hits a little different. But that's understood. That, that, understood. That's a, that's another story for another day. Another understood. story for another understood. day. So do do you need a drum roll to start talking about the book? I know you're fired up. We've been working on it for you know going on two years. It, it's you know you can pre-order it now on, on Amazon. The Black Family's Guide to College Admissions: A Conversation about uh, education, parenting, and race. That is our selfish, shameless plug. Uh, but drum roll, please, Tim. I want to make sure that you can talk about the context of the book. Um, I want you to talk about the X factors of the book or the process. Those are the three pieces that we broke it up into because we want families to understand. Which one you want to tackle first? Context, X factor, or process? You know, you know, context is one of my favorite words. I like to, you know, kind of put things in perspective. And I think that's why we made it the first section of the book. Um, and, you know, it has, you know, five chapters within the area of context. And, and, you know, probably I think the chapter I'm most excited about is the Black Ivies. And so we That's going to be controversial, my man. You, you, I mean, you, I'm going to let you talk, but believe me, that, that chapter, given the context, is going to be very, very controversial. I hope you got your, your, your mask on and your guard gear your face mask and your, your braces and guards because people are going to come at you for this one. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we want them to come at us for this because, you know, the Black Ivies, as we have defined in our book, are Howard, Spellman, and Morehouse. And we went back and forth. We said, are we going to mention three or five? And we settled on three. And so, you know, we, we highlight these, those schools and their accomplishments uh, because of you know how they are known throughout higher education, but the purpose of the chapter is to move the conversation forward beyond just those three schools. There are over 100 HBCUs in the United States, all who have long histories of you know great graduates doing great things you know throughout the 18th, 19th, and 20th century. And so we want to highlight you know all of those schools, but the reality 
is we ask college counselors, uh, we ask families. Most of them can only name, let's say five to seven HBCUs unless a family member went to uh, HBCUs beyond those five to seven. And so, you know, while we say Black Ivies, uh, we want to, you know, talk about it in the same way. Like, you know, if you say, what are the top schools in the country? You're going to say Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Stanford. Uh, so we want to make sure that as you're we're talking about these schools, we, you know, have an equal comparison. So is that to say that, they, you know, there aren't other great schools? By no means. There are over 4,000 college universities, and that's something that we'll continue to push because we think in this process is about finding the right fit. It's about really understanding your child, what their needs are, what environment they'll succeed at. And so, you know, we're excited uh, for, you know, kind of the controversy that this chapter uh, may bring up. Are you ready? I'll, are you really ready? You really? I, I'm ready? really ready. You know, you know, because I mean, yes, I, I will say I'm ready. I will oh. say I'm ready uh, because, you know, we don't want people from Hampton, FAMU, uh, my cousin, uh, you know, who went to Florida A&M, she and her husband saw them not too long ago. And, you know, I gave her a sneak peek at the book and she's like, you still didn't put FAMU in the top three, huh? And and, and so, you know, I, I, I know we're going to hear it, uh, but I think once you get into the chapter, you'll see what we're trying to do to expand the conversations, not only for families who maybe are considering for HBCUs, educators, considering yep. HBCUs, but also educators, yes, uh, yes. sharing a little light about these schools and what they can offer uh, their students. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we wrestled with this a lot because we wanted to make sure that we're providing information and supporting. I and mean, believe me, I have family, you know, who went to Johnson C. Smith and North Carolina A&T. And, you know, there's going to be a little bit of buzz about this, but this isn't pitting HBCUs against each other. This isn't HBCUs versus PWIs. We just want to have the conversation. We want to make sure that our children are aspiring to greatness. And if that what greatness means in the, you know, the, the, the context of society, then sure aspire to that. But by no means are we trying to make people to start throwing things at each other because you went to the wrong HU per se. So, you know, and I know you are a proud Morehouse grad and I really, really respect how you really put this chapter together. It's one of my favorite chapters in the book. Can you believe, Tim, we put together uh, 11 chapters, right? Inclu 12 chapters, excuse me, 12 chapters, including an entire timeline to talk about exactly what you need to be doing in grades nine and 10, 11 and 12, as well as questions that parents should be asking guidance counselors, like we poured into this. So yes, we are teasing you guys a little bit right now, but believe me, over the next several weeks, months, you're gonna hear us talking about this book because it's for you, because it's for your children. So I'm gonna take my drum roll. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you're gonna give it to me? Before we, give it before to we me? No, no, before we do that, we said the Black Ivies, but, you know, we, we, we would be remiss if we did not say the greatest HBCU of them all. Oh, we, it's, it's, this is so unnecessary, Tim. This is so unnecessary. I'm, I'm just saying, we, we, mentioned, we mentioned those three, but there's one that, that set the table for those in many yes, respects. I, I agree. The greatest HBCU of them all, when I fell in love with, or was, I fell in love with her before this, but yes, Hillman College and Denise Huxtable, and then obviously Whitley and Kim and Jaleesa and Freddie. I know I'm not mentioning Ron and and, <laughs> and Dwayne, but believe me. I, I was gonna say, I mean, it wasn't nah, Spelman. Nah, there, there was some there nah, were some guys shoot, uh, in, in it, a different world. Even Marissa Tomei got a guy, she she had a little bit of shine first two seasons before Debbie Allen took over. No, 
Hillman College really helped all the people in my generation understand what HBCUs were like. Yes, there were School Days, which is an awesome movie, uh, obviously set at Morehouse, you know, Mission College, but Hillman was was a series, right? It was a six, seven years that that different world was also different world was really transformational for my generation, our generation, uh, in terms of the HBCU experience. I've had students tell me they went to HBCUs because of what they saw in a different world. So yes, shout out to all the creators of a different world. We appreciate you so much because you are the greatest HBCU of all time. Can we agree to that, Tim? We, we can agree to that. We can agree to that. Uh, so the, the next part is, you know, where you really took over, uh, your voice shined through, um, and it's X Factors. And so there are five chapters in X Factors. And, you know, just if you could talk about which one probably you're most excited uh, to share. I have my thoughts <laughs> on that part of the book, but, you know, I'm going to turn it over to you. So, yes, five chapters. We both, you know, added to it what we needed to. But the, the chapter nine, which is called Sports, Arts, and Special Talents, was really personal for me. I've had students put together art portfolios and audition for colleges. And, you know, I like students who have extracurricular activities that really support their genius. And they show off real, literally what they can do to contribute to a college. So, yes. The sports, arts, and special talents chapter was key because we were all looking for hooks for our kids to get them into whatever school they want to go to or we want them to go to. Um, why was it personal for me? Because I shared an experience about my own child going through the college admissions process. I have a 17-year-old son, I can't believe it, born in 2024, 2000, excuse me, 2004, and he is an athlete. He's an incredible athlete. He's a very, very good baseball player. And he was recruited to play baseball in college. And the up and down, you know, seesaw roller coaster ride that he and I have been on, my wife and I, and he have been on for the past several years, is um, emotionally draining, physically draining, financially draining. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I love watching my kid play baseball. It brings him joy. I call it Black Boy Joy. And I'm glad that I shared that experience with you guys in that chapter. So sports, arts, and special talents talks about the athletic recruitment process and how that works. I don't specify with baseball, but I do tell you what to look out for as parents and how you need to engage with coaches. For the arts, I wrote about uh, putting together a portfolio and the timing of that. If your child's very artistic, how can they highlight their gifts so they can be more attractive candidate in the process? Special talents. Again, we have people who go to college to be cheerleaders, to be in the band, who, who may not be division one athletes per se, but end up being athletes and then getting money, Tim uh, Fields at Morehouse running track and cross country. So there are so many pieces to the puzzle about having special talents and all of our black children are gifted in certain ways. Some are artistic, some are athletic, but they all have special talents. And it's up to you parents to kind of tap in, help them to tap into those, to figure out how they're gonna share that with the world, but also how they're going to share that for the college admissions process. So that was me, Tim. Like that was me kind of really getting into it. And, and the book and that component of it was, yes, personal to me. I gave you my, my professional uh, opinion on it. So, you know, that's, that's where we left off. So I'm happy about it, but it also led into the process, right? So we were able to talk about not just sports, arts, and special talents, but then everybody needs to be following a certain calendar or timeline and have a checklist 
per year that they need to be going through. So, you know, if I think that is probably the most practical part of our book, we did share some anecdotal stuff throughout, but our ex expectations for success checklist was really, really something I think a lot of people are going to get out, get a lot out of it. Because I know some people don't read books from left to right, cover to cover, but they can turn right to the checklist and go hard in the paint with that. What do you think about the checklist? Do you think, how do you think it will help people? I think, you know, the checklist was very helpful, uh, you know, just because, you know, as I talked about, for me, I see the finished product. And so seeing something year by year, what should you be doing? What conversations should you be having? Uh, you know, how should you be thinking about your extracurricular involvement? And really having a, you know, checklist was something, is something that I think is going to be very beneficial to a lot of families. Uh, you know, let's, you know, be just completely honest. That isn't going to be any different. The process is the process. You know, what it takes to get into college and universities is really the same across the board. You're going to have to send a transcript. You're going to have to fill out an application. Depending upon the school, you may or may not have to submit test scores. You may or may not have essays. But these are all things that, you know, depending upon what kind of schools you're looking at, you have a good guide as far as what you need to do. So I think that was very uh, beneficial. And so we would not, we, we had to talk about money. So, you know, we, we, we are not financial aid advisors. We, um, you know, don't get into financial aid in a, a deep level. However, scholarships, understanding timelines, understanding what you need to do as a family if you were looking to apply for financial aid is something that we wanted to address as well. And so we have to make sure uh, to cover that. And I think we did a really good job of that. I think that, you know, plus by going to our website, understandingthechoices.com, we have a resource section which we highlight how to build a college list and some of the things that surround cost and location and possible major and career. We, we try to really spell it out for families to really get a good grasp of this sooner rather than later. So between the checklist, expectation for success checklist, uh, between the, the, the questions that we ask, that we at least pose for people to ask and how to build a college list, I really think that the website, the book, you and I as people having, you know, speaking events and webinars, we are doing this for the culture. We're doing this because we want Black people, Black families, educators of all hues who support and love Black children to just get another perspective on the higher education college admissions process. So I'm going to salute you, Tim, for really putting in a lot of work in that book. Um, you know, it's taken us a long time, but it was your idea to get the book deal. And you've really done a lot of the the, the, the primary legwork of communicating with the publisher. So if I if you if you hate me on a day to day basis because I get on your nerves, at least when I, I were on a, on a recording, I showed you some love. Is that okay? I, I appreciate it. I need it. You know, good, good. If, well, if y'all out there, you know, he is rarely this nice. Uh, yeah, don't, the don't, don't expect is no not more. Not this smooth. Um, yeah. But I, th I think you know beyond you know what we've covered. Uh, you know what I really really you know, I'm excited about is two aspects. One, throughout the book, we highlighted um, Black college graduates from PWIs and HBCUs, and we have an extensive list about where they went to school, and I think that's something that people will enjoy. Uh, but we also highlighted a lot of colleges and universities, and that's something that we will continue on this podcast to highlight uh, various schools. Uh, you know, you know, on our last episode, we highlighted our alma maters, where we went, and so on this one, uh, we want to highlight, you know, where, where our wives went. And so, you know, uh, Shereen, you know, H -U? Talk, talk about you know? uh, that other school. 
I'm gonna say that other school. <laughs> the other black Ivy, one of the, the the one that's not in 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 Atlanta, that one, right? Yeah, you know, the, the, you know, I would be the one. The, the one. I would settled on. I would settled on one, but the, you know, the vice president is a good number because the vice president number. went there. So Howard University. I did not go there, but I did pledge a fraternity that was founded there. So I feel like I'm connected to it in that way. Shout out to 1911 and the Q Sci-Fi. But I met my my wife at a Howard University graduation party. We've been married for 22 years. And I know how much she loves Howard. She really feels like she found herself there after going to a predominantly white institution for high school. She wanted to be where the black people were. So she applied to Howard, got in, and really had an awesome experience there. So, you know, Howard University located in Northwest Washington, DC. You know, some people feel like it's in the city or not in the nice part of the city. I'm, not, I'm gonna give you the pros and the cons, but it it is got so much history and so many different kinds of black people all gathering together to learn and to uh, experience young adulthood in a city that used to be Chocolate City. Now they call it Mocha City. It's not as you know dark <laughs> as it used to be, but uh, you know Howard's really got a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Whether it's Thurgood Marshall, whether it's Kamala Harris, you know there's so many you know Chadwick Boseman, Eric Roberson, so many people went to Howard, and we highlight them in our book. But I don't want to just talk about celebrities. I want to talk about you know regular people. Doctor Nzinga Harrison, shout out to one of the best psychiatrists out there who actually lives in Atlanta and did her medical residency at Emory University. So Howard grads do great things. And as a school that is about 7,500 people, um, you know, and, and it is a selective school overall and one of the more selective HBCUs. So it's not easy to get into, but it's definitely well worth it. They have many colleges within the larger university, business, communications, performing arts, obviously arts and sciences. So you know, Howard has always been a school to be respected and revered. Obviously, being in Washington, D.C., near the nation's capital, you have to acknowledge it. And I know the school is extremely proud of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, for being not just an alum, but being an AKA and really repping for HBCUs, for all HBCUs. She doesn't just rep for Howard. She reps for all HBCUs. So Howard is where my wife went, and I'm going to shout out H-U, you know, and if I didn't say it right, you know, get at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm going to pass it off to Tim because he's going to talk about his wife. One of the great dynamics that I went to a PWI, my wife went to HBCU. Tim went to HBCU, his wife went to PWI. So we talk about that a lot as spouses and as parents and where our kids are going to go. So Tim, why don't you chop it up a little bit about your wife's alma mater, which I know you love visiting because who doesn't love visiting the University of Miami? Oh man, the University of Miami, um, great, great school, great school in Coral Gables. Um, you know, funny story, uh, you know, my, my daughter says she wants to go to University of Miami because, you know, she wants to be close to the beach. And I, you know, tell my wife, I say, you are selling her on that it's, you know, next to the beach and Coral Gables is not by the beach, but it's closer than Atlanta. Um, but, you know, great school has about 10,000, you know, undergraduates. It, it, it is also selective, um, you know, very well known in, you know, the healthcare sciences. So if you want to do anything in the healthcare sciences, there are numerous opportunities uh, for that. You know, the diversity in Southern Florida is, is second to none. We're, people not only from 
all around the country, but all around the world. Uh, you know, my wife's um, freshman year roommate uh, was, you know, from Europe. And so, you know, just, you know, having that international exposure, being in a beautiful place that, you know, is 80 degrees for the most part year round, you know, truly, you know, presents a great opportunity. And then that's before we get to the sports. And, you know, when my wife was there, you know, she was there in the heyday, and I don't think they lost a football game the entire time she was an undergraduate. Uh, so her, you know, expectations as far as football are different than most. Uh, but I think the history, as far as, you know, the athletics there is also something the students can enjoy. And so, you know, we uh, definitely recommend students who are looking for that type of experience, who, have, who want to have a D1 you know, have a, you know, a, a big sports program, maybe interested in the, the healthcare and natural sciences, but, you know, they also have a lot of other great programs in the social sciences and humanities. So uh, we encourage you uh, to look at the University of Miami. If, if nothing else, you know, go visit. It is a truly uh, beautiful campus, um, you know, one that you may uh, fall in love with, uh, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, as you begin to build your college list, you want to think about, you know, how far away from you are home, what's the cost, you know, what are the majors that you're interested in, and the other things that, you know, uh, we definitely highlight. So, you know, shout out to the U. Um, you know, I've had my, you know, fun. Uh, my Saturdays are different. I will say the Saturdays in the fall at my house are made based upon uh, if Miami wins or not. And so they're, they're on a down street right now. Uh, so we want them to get it together. So <laughs> I need Miami to, to the new coach to, you know, bring yeah, it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I need him to bring it. Right. Get, get, happy wife, happy life. Right. There it is. There it is. There it is. And what's funny is that, you know, I, I applaud any family and student who are willing to, you know, go down to Miami in when they are 17 years old. I salute your wife, Brittany, in so many ways, because I know when I was 17 years old, you know, this is when Luke you know, was out and two live crew and, you know, Daisy Dukes. And I was like, if I go down to Miami, I'm going to lose my mind. So uh, salute to anybody who's thinking about going down there and, you know, kind of hope, having some kind of restraint, um, which is a different than I was 30 years ago. Can you believe it? So all that said, we're really, really happy that we're able to share this information with you about the University of Miami, about Howard University, uh, about our book. I mean, the book, you got to pre-order it. It's really going to be a great conversational piece for you as a family, for you to share with other people who you know who have teenagers. This is really meant for Black families to help each other. For educators, if you're a school teacher or you're a guidance counselor, for you to help the Black families in your school. So please get the book. And if you have questions about it, you can hit us up at understandingthechoices.com. Join our Facebook group, Understand the Choices. We have done this for the culture. I'm going to say that repeatedly because it makes me sound like a cool rapper. And... Um, yeah, we're just happy. So, Tim, before we sign off on this podcast, you have any last words that you want the people to know? No, just continue to tune in. Uh, we want to continue to share great information um, about, you know, everything from the application through admission as you have students who may be freshmen, sophomores, rising juniors and have questions. Uh, we want to be that resource uh, because we know it's a complicated process. We know it can be mysterious. And we know, you know, each of you have your own individual questions. And so while, you know, we may not know it all, uh, we are, you know, tapped into a large network and we want to support, you know, you all throughout this process and answer any of those questions that come up. So uh, we hope you continue to tune in. It's always good uh, to chop it up with you, Shereen. You know, I mean, you know, we've been doing this 
a long time and just, you know, time flies. And just to talk about, you know, this work that we love and help our people is, 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 is a gift. So thank you for all you do. Thank you for the kind words. You probably won't say them again anytime no, soon. So no, I'm hold on this recording. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. This was just an application to admission podcast. And I'm glad that it is over because now I don't have to talk about you anymore. But you know, I love you. All right. All right, guys. We appreciate the time. Tune in for the tune in next week or two weeks from now. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. We out.